the greatest day of my life is any Sunday that I get to be here at our church and get to play bass guitar. I like being with you every Sunday, and two or three times a year they let me play bass guitar, and it's just a wonderful experience. Um, Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. I was thinking about um, several weeks ago... um, I knew that I would have this opportunity this morning, and I thought, well, you know, we will have, uh, many of us will have been with family members and uh, enjoyed a a day of overeating and playing a lot, and if you have grandkids or great-grandkids, maybe getting to watch them play and experiencing all the noise and happy they're here, happy when they go home. All those kinds of things that make up for family, you know. And I thought, well, you know, uh, maybe since we're thinking about being thankful that perhaps we would talk about that this morning, there are a few places in the Scriptures, or actually there are many places in in the Scriptures, especially in the Old Testament, where we're encouraged to offer a sacrifice of praise and where we're encouraged to praise God for for all kinds of things. There are a few verses in the the Scriptures that talk about offering a sacrifice of thanksgiving. Not not a lot of them, but there are are a few, and uh, they're very very important, and we're going to look at some of those this, this, this morning. What I'd like for us to think to think about this morning is giving a sa- sacrifice of thanksgiving and what that that means. I looked up in the di- di- dictionary to see what the word sa- sacrifice means. It says an act of offering something, giving up something, oftentimes offering something to a deity or giving away something of va- value. And this particular di- dictionary had some exa- examples. It says, just so we would understand what that word means, here, here's one, one, one example. No sacrifice is too great when it comes to her children. You parents, have you felt, felt that before? The vi- villagers hoped the gods would accept their sacrifice. They were giving up some, something to appease or to, wor- to, to worship this god. How, how about this one? He sacrificed his personal life in order to get ahead in his career. Any you guys do that? A few of us are sorry we spent too much time doing those kinds of things. I want to follow a diet that is healthful without sacrificing taste. Yeah, right. I mean, what's, what's the point? Nobody used low-fat cream Thanksgiving, right? You put the real stuff in all the re- recipes, right? We, we did. The runner went to second base on a sacrifice. He's already hit three hits in the game. He's been up three times, gotten three hits, but they're still down by one run, and they got a runner on base with no outs, and the coach says, bunt. Mm, that's hurt, hurtful. You guys who played baseball, you've already gotten three hits. You got that, that pit, pit pitcher's nut number, and your coach gives you the bunt sign. David, why did you give me the bunt sign? 
he, he's a coach. Uh, but that's why it's called a sa- sacrifice. The runner went to set second base on a sa- sacrifice. The batter who was already gotten three hits sacrificed his time at bat, didn't ha- have a chance to get, get, get a hit in order to move the run, runner over. We, re- re- we recognize all of those si- si- situations. The, script, the, 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 the scriptures also speak of offering, as I said, a sacrifice of, thank, of thanksgiving to God, and we want to look, look at some, some of those. But I would like to ask a, que- a question. What I'd like for you to do, if you have your, bu- bu- if you have, have, have your bulletin, on the page there where we usually have Todd's out, outline, there's just a simple ti- title. And there's a blank page. If you have your bulletin and you have a pen with you, what I'd like you to do is turn to that page, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to draw a line down the middle. Now, we don't have a lot of time to get together this morning, but, but what I want us to do is on the left-hand side of that line, if you'd be willing to do this with, with me, on the left-hand side of the line, what I'd like, like for you, you to do is put the word us in a line underneath it. On the right-hand side of the line, put him, H-I-M, in a line underneath underneath it. The Scripture does speak of offering a sacrifice of thanksgiving to God. And what I want us to do is, as we look at several Scriptures, I want us on the left-hand side, underneath the word us, to put what it means to us to offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving. On the right-hand side, I want you to, as we discuss this this morning, I want you to write down the, that, the things that it means to him whenever we offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving. And may, maybe this will give us a picture of what the Scriptures are saying. Okay, everybody got, got your chart, chart ready? Us on the left, him on, on the right. What I'd like to do first is look at some, some Scriptures that talk about how not to offer a sacrifice sacrifice. If we learn how not to offer a sacrifice, maybe it'll help us to understand what the scripture means when it says to offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving. If you would turn with me to Isaiah chapter 1. I'm going to go pretty quickly and um, one of the good things for you is the faster I go, the more times I say something over and over and so you'll get it for sure. Isaiah chapter 1, verses 10 through 17. God makes an accusation to Israel. He accuses them. I'm going to go quick, quickly. may not read every word of the verses, but you'll get the idea. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Give ear to the instruction of our God, you people of Gomorrah. What are your, your multiplied sacrifices to me, says the Lord? I've had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of, of, of fed cattle, and I take no pleasure in the blood of bulls, lambs, or goats. When you come to appear before me, who requires of you this trampling of my courts? Bring your worthless offerings no longer. Incense is an abomination to me. And I'm reading this and I'm saying, what? God is the one who instituted the sacrificial system. He's the one who gave them the rules, the times of the year to offer sacrifices and how to do it. And now he's saying, you're making me sick with this stuff. Does this have your attention? It had my attention. New moon and Sabbath, the calling of assemblies. I cannot endure, here it is, iniquity and the solemn assembly. I hate your new moon festivals and your appointed feast. 
They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. So when you spread out your hands in prayer, I will hide my eyes from you. Can you believe God would say this to his people? I will hide my eyes from you. Yes, even though you multiply prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are covered with blood. Wash yourself. Make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your deeds from my sight. Cease to do evil. Learn and do good. Seek justice. Reprove the ruthless. Defend the orphan. Plead for the widow. Why why did he make these accusations to them? Now, now they were offering sacrifices. Go back to verse 4. The the answer is in verse 4. Alas, sinful nation. Now, they they were doing, they were going through the drill. They were doing what he had commanded them, them to do. They were probably even doing it the right way, but there was something wrong. Alas, sinful nation, people weighed down with iniquity. What's another word for that? Iniquity. Sin, right? People weighed down with sin, offspring of evildoers, sons who act corruptly. They have abandoned the Lord. They have despised the Holy One of Israel. They have turned away from Him. So they were doing the sacrifices, but there was something wrong in their hearts. There was a heart issue here. They were doing it. They were doing it. Well, they were doing it when they were supposed to, but there was something wrong. It had to do with their hearts. Don't don't forget that. Okay, don't don't forget that. Let's go to Malachi chapter one. Malachi chapter one. The good thing about me being up here on a Sunday morning is if, if this was in my class, this would take us three weeks, and they'd be tired of me doing this after three weeks. You just get one short shot. It's a wonderful thing for you. Malachi chapter 1. Listen to this. Now, he's talking to the priests. A son honors his father. uh, Verse 6. I'm sorry. Did did, did I say Malachi chapter 1 verse 6? A son honors his father and a servant his master. Then if I am a father, where is my honor? Okay. Maybe there's a word you might want to put over on the right-hand side of your chart. What does offering a sacrifice of thanksgiving mean to him? That might be a good word to go on the right side of the chart, okay? Isn't this cool? I'm going to give you a test. I've already given the answers to the test. Then if I'm a father, where's my honor? And if I'm a master, where is my respect? That might be another good word to put on the right-hand side. Says the Lord of hosts to you, O priest who despise my name, Go to verse 8. But when you present the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And when you present the lame and sick, is it not evil? Why not offer it to your governor? Would he be pleased with you? Or would he receive you kindly, says the Lord of hosts? What were they doing? They were given the sacrifices. What had he told them originally? You who know the Old Testament, every animal that was sacrificed was supposed to be clean. It was supposed to be without blemish, right? In other words, there weren't supposed to be any defects. It wasn't supposed to be ill. It was supposed to be totally healthy. But these priests had begun to offer those animals that weren't perfect, the ones who were sick, the ones who were blind. And God called it what? He called it an evil thing. 
Oh, let's look at verse 13 and 14. This might hit us right between the eyes. Verse 13 and 14. You also say, my, how tiresome it is. And you disdainfully sniff at it, says the Lord of hosts. And you bring what was taken by robbery and what is lame and sick. They're even bringing animals that have been stolen. Incredible. So we're going to shake our hands at them, right? Well, hang on a second. So you bring the offering. Should I receive from your hands, says the Lord? But cursed be the swindler who has a male in his flock and vows it, but sacrifices a blemished animal to the Lord. For I am the great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name is feared or reverenced among the nations. What was the problem here? They had changed the rules to fit their, to, to their benefit. His name was feared among the nations. The nations, but where was it not feared? Among his people. His name was feared among the, the, the other nations, but his name was no longer feared, was no longer reverenced among his, pe- his, his people. Why? Because in their sa- sacrificing to God, as they had been commanded to do, they changed the rules to their ben- benefit. I think that perhaps we do that some too. All right, let's go to First Samuel. First Samuel. Samuel is before Kings, chapter 15. First Samuel 15. Verses 10 through 15, a very tell, telling story here. The word of the Lord came to Samuel saying, I regret that I made Saul king. Okay, instead of reading all these, ver- the, 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 all, all these verses, let me just do, do, do this. Samuel and his army were supposed to go destroy the, the Amalekites. They were supposed to destroy their king. They were supposed to destroy all the people. They were supposed to destroy all their animals. They were supposed to destroy everything that breathed. Okay? But here's what ha- happens. In verse 12, it says, Saul came to Carmel, and behold, he set up a monument for himself, then turned and proceeded on down to Gilgal. So Samuel comes and confronts Saul, and he says, What are you doing? I hear the bleeding of sheep. And he says, Oh, well, here's what what we we did. You're the people. He he says, The people, not me the king. The, 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 the people, we did, they did kill most all the animals, but we kept the very best to come to sacrifice to, read the scripture, your God. This is what Saul says. God put Saul in as a king, and Saul says the, peep, the, the, the people didn't kill all the animals. They kept the very best ones, and they came to sacrifice, to, to make a sacrifice to your God. Samuel says, that's not what God told you, you to do. Not, not only did he do that, he spared the life of the king. He said, that's not what he told you to do. He said, I did exactly what God told, told me, me, me to do. Verse 20, Saul says to Samuel, I did obey the voice of the Lord and went on the mission of which the Lord sent me and have brought back, back Agag, the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took some of the spoil, the sheep and oxen, the choices of things devoted to destruction to sacrifice to the Lord your God at Gilgal. And because of that, Samuel has to say, listen to this, this is for all of us, has the Lord as much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? 
Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. <laughs> if you're old enough to know who Keith Green was, he wrote a song by, by that title, To Obey is Better Than Sacrifice. He said, I want more than Sundays and Wednesday nights. It's, it's not those things that we do that make us look re- religious. It's not those things that we say, oh, it's okay if I do, 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 do this. God doesn't want all we can do. He wants us to obey him first. So there was a, prop, prop, a problem with Saul's sac- sacrifice. His, sac- his sacrifice showed no respect, no honor to God. He even set a monument up to himself in, in, that, co- in that country, and then he lost his, king, king, his kingship. Okay, let's go to one a little more current, Acts chapter 4. I think it's important for us to learn what's wrong with sacrificing, how not to do it before we talk about what the Scripture says to offer the sacrifice of thanksgiving. Acts chapter 4 is a very familiar story. Verse 32 says the congregation of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And they weren't claiming that anything they had was theirs, but that, but that if they had land or if they had homes, they were going and sus and selling the things they had in order to help feed the believers, who the folks who were still in, in Jerusalem, who were not from there, who needed something to eat and a play, place to stay. People who lived there and owned land and owned homes and things were selling those things in order to feed the new, new, new believers who weren't from there in order to, to sustain them while they were growing in their new, new faith. In verse 36, it says that jo- Joseph of a Levite, who was also called Bar- Barnabas by the apostles, he even owned a tra- tract of land and sold it and brought it and put it at the ap- apostles' feet. Then something dramatic ha- happened. A man by An- Anani- name of Ananias and his wife Sapphira, they decided to get in on the blessing also. See, the folks who sold their houses and their lands and gave everything to the apostles to help support the new believers, did they lose anything? They didn't lose anything. They received a blessing from the Lord. That might be something you put on the left-hand side under us. Whenever we offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving to God, we are blessed. Those folks who sold the houses or sold the land they weren't giving up anything. They were gaining everything by giving those temp- temporal thing, things away because God blessed them. But here's a cu- couple who did not understand. They decided they wanted to get in on it. And, and here's what probably ha- happened. They said, you know, we got this piece of prop- property over here. It's worth 50000 bucks. Let's go se- se- sell it and we'll, we'll, we'll give it. That's... Sapphira's idea. Ananias says, yeah, that would be a good one, but he has already met with his realtor and knows it's worth more than that, so he starts thinking. But they go and they sell that piece of property. Sure sure enough, she thinks they're going to make 50,000 off of it. They sell it for 100 because it's it's uh, appreciated. He says, so here's what we're going to do. We thought it was worth 50, so we're going to give 50. But I've got 50 more, and being the shrewd businessman that I am, I'll be buying right back into that same neighborhood next week. But look what we get to join the Givers Club, see? Okay, so here's what what happened. Sold a piece of property, 
and kept back some of the price for himself with his wife's full knowledge. And bringing a portion of it, he laid it at the apostles' feet. And then what happened? Peter says to him, Why did you lie to God and to the Holy Spirit? See, he thought he was a shrewd businessman. And he thought he could give part of it. But what was everybody else doing? Everybody else was given, the the, the scripture says, everybody else was given the full price. And were they losing anything? No, they weren't losing anything by giving the full full, full price. What did he lose by keeping back part, part of the price? His life. His life is what, 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 what he lost. Well, why, why did he die? Well, he lied to God, and, and, and I think he was killed because of what his a- a- actions said to the pe- people. See, I think nobody knew that he sold it for, for 100000 They thought he sold it for, fit, for fifty and gave the full sum, but had that been the case and he had, had been allowed to, to, to live, what would he have done? He would have continued on the way he was doing. He would have continued to worship God the way that he was, quote, worshiping God. He would have continued to sacrifice to God the way he was, quote, sacrificing to God at at that time. There would have been no change in his heart, but he would have looked like to everybody else that he was giving it all the way the the other believers had, had done. And I think he was also killed because of what his actions said about how he viewed God. As long as I give some, some something, I can get the honor that I deserve. I can still pat myself on the back, but God will still love love me. I'm responsible for all that I've gained, but I am a sacrificial giver. No, no, he wasn't. He was not a sacrificial giver. Okay, so there's some examples we have. If we talk about offering a sacrifice of thanksgiving to God, we got four examples right there of what not offering a sacrifice of thanksgiving is, right? Okay, now let's go look at some that are examples of sacrificial giving. In the New Testament, there are three instances that that, 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 that we're given that women took very expensive perfume and used it to minister to Jesus. Now, the the, the first one, um, if you want to turn to Luke 7, you can. I'm going to go through through, through these pretty quick quickly. This is early on in Jesus', in Jesus' ministry uh, because it says that John the Baptist, some of his disciples, he sent a couple of them to ask if Jesus was the one that they were looking for. So this is early on in his ministry, and um, it's a story of him going to a, 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 Fer, a Pharisee's house for lunch. He was invited to lunch, and he goes to this, Fer, this Pharisee's house, and um, while he's there, I'm in the wrong book. Anyway, it's, it, did, did I say Luke? Okay, Luke. Uh, and, and while he's there, this lady shows up. And she, she show, shows up and comes in behind Jesus, the story says. And it says that, that she fell at her feet and began to, to cry and used her tears to wipe his feet. And not only his, to her tears, but she had a vial of this perfume and poured it on his feet. And it says that Simon the Pharisee was thinking in his mind, if Jesus knew who this was, she was a pro- prostitute, 
if, if he knew who this was, he wouldn't be allow, allowing this. Well, Jesus knew what he was think, thinking. He said, Simon, let me tell you a story. If somebody was owed, if, if somebody owed a, a man 500 denarii and somebody owed 50, if he forgave them both, which one would be forgiven more? And Simon, he, he got that one. He said the one who was forgiven the most. And so in, in this story, we find, find, find out that she gave her perfume and she gave her tears to refresh Jesus' feet. And he reminds Simon that Simon didn't do that. When he came in, he didn't give him anything to wa- wash his feet, feet, feet with or anything. But she received in return. So for, 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 for this woman who made her li- living on the street, we're going to find out in a minute that this perfume was very expensive. And she came in. She had heard something. And she had seen some, something that t- touched her heart. And she knew who he, he, he was. In return for her sat- sacrifice, what did she receive? If you go ahead and read the re- rest of the story, Jesus says to her that she received for forgiveness and she received sal- salvation unto e- e- eternal life. A big di- difference from King Saul, right? Who was doing it part Part, part way before his own benefit, and he ends up lo- losing his kingship. This, one, this woman who lives on the street comes in, and because of what she knew of Jesus and had learned of Jesus, she wor- worships him and gives a sa- sacrifice to him, and she receives forgiveness and salvation. Another time that, that, that we see this per- perfume being, being, being used is in Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14 Verse 3, I love these stories. This is uh, two days away from the Passover, the night that Jesus is going to be betrayed. It's two two days away. He's in a man's home, another man by the name of Simon. He's a uh, leper in the town of Bethany, and he's there eating all also. <clears throat> and it says that a, wo- a woman in verse 3, with an alabaster vial, a very costly perfume of pure nard, she broke the vial and poured it over Jesus' head. But some were indignant and they were saying, why is this expensive perfume being wasted? It could have been sold and given to the poor. And Jesus goes on to tell, tell, to tell them, leave her alone because she's preparing, preparing me for my burial. My burial. Verse 8 says she's done what she could. He says that she's done a good thing. Um, and then he also says that wherever the gospel is preached, that her story would be remembered. So she come, come, comes in. This bottle of perfume is worth 300 denarii. And she poured it on, on his head. And even though she was chastised for it, the scripture says that she did what, what she could and her deeds would be remembered. Now, verse 10 says an interesting thing. The disciples were there, and Judas did what? After this took place, he left the house. He left Simon's home, and he went out to make a deal with the Jewish leadership to betray Jesus. The third time that this happens to Jesus is actually four, four days before. If you go to John chapter 12, 
John chapter 12, verse 1. From ver- ver- verses 1 through 8, we have the third, the, the other instance where this expensive perfume fume is used. This time it's the home of Mary, Mar- Martha, and La- La- Lazarus. This is six days before the, pa- the Passover. So after Mary pours this on his feet, then four days la- later a lady's going to come in and pour it on his head. To prefer- and, and Jesus said, they're, they're, they're preparing me for my, bur- for my bur- burial. But in this instance, uh, he's at their home. He's e- eating with them. And the significance, of course, that they have must have been thankful for. Yes, he had raised Lazarus from the dead, right? He had raised Lazarus from from the dead. Before that, Jesus had been in their home and had met met them, so he had gotten gotten to know know them. The side side notes in my Bible say this pound of of, per, of perfume was about twelve ounces, and uh, again, it was worth. 300 uh, the in, in our uh, day and time, in our m- money, that'd be a little over 25,000 bucks, somewhere between 25 and $27,000. Now, it also says that um, uh, who, who fussed at him whenever she broke that thing open and poured it on his feet? Judas was there again. He fussed at her at Jesus for allow, allowing that. He said this, month, this should have been sold in the money given to the poor. And Jesus says, leave her alone. But of course, the, the scripture goes on to say that he wasn't saying it because he would give the money to the poor. He was saying it because he was pulling money out of the till, right? He was the, tr- was the tre- treasure for the group. And if that money had been put in there, he'd had more money to steal. That's why he was saying we should have been sold to, to the poor. But why did Mary and Mar- Martha and Lat La- and Lazarus take this very expensive. It was, prob- it was probably the most expensive thing in the whole house. It was probably the most expensive thing they had in their whole house. It was worth over twenty-five grand in our money. Oh, by the way, the thirty pieces of sil- silver that Ju- Judas bar- bargained for G- G- Jesus in our day and time. I started to bring. I have, I have thir- thirty pure sil- silver coins. I started to bring, bring them today to show you what they look like and what they sound like when they fall. Guess what they're worth? About $1,000. About $1,000. Well, Mary was giving thanks. Martha and and Lazarus, I'm sure, were were in on it. And the difference was they were giving thanks. She reached for the most lavish thing that she could find to express probably what words could, 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 couldn't express because Jesus had become their friend. They had come to believe, believe in him. He had raised their bro- brother from the dead. And was it the monetary value that was important? It would impress us, right, if somebody was given $25,000 worth of stuff, right? I mean, we, we, we would be, be impressed. But that was that what, what was important? If we're talking about a, sac- sac- a, sac- a sacrifice of thanksgiving, was it the... That, that, the value of the per, per, perfume itself, or, or was it what was going on in the hearts of these three fo- followers of, G, G, of Jesus? They were so thank, thankful, and so it should be with us. It, it's not the size of our, mo- our monetary gifts. It's response of our hearts through our words, our actions, our lives, lives that trust and are, and are obe- 
obedient to the God of gods. Psalm 136 calls him the God of gods, the Lord of lords, and the God of heaven. Well, I had some stuff in Psalms I wanted to look at, look at, but we don't have time. i tell you what, let's do. If, if you would, though, these are so good. If you have your pen and your piece of paper, so this is where I'd close the class and next Sunday we'd start right here. But let, let me give you some things to write down so you can fill in the left and right, right-hand sides of your chart. Oh, th- this is my, my chart. I, I, I got this stuff out of these ver- 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 verses right here. It's quite, quite a le- lesson for us all. If you'll look at Psalm 50, verses 14 and 15, and then Psalm 50, verse 23, Psalm 100, verse 4, Psalm 116, verse 17, Psalm 28, verse 7, Psalm 30, verse 4, and then Psalm 30, verses 10, 10 through 12. Uh, here, here's a good one. Psalm 54, verse 6. Psalm 108, verse 3. And Psalm 111, verse 1. Let me just fin- finish up with this. God has said that he's honored and blessed by our giving of thanks to him. We would have seen that if we had read, read, read these verses together. Not get, giving thanks to see what we might get, get out of it. We saw that from those exa- exa- examples this morning. But by giving thanks from a grateful heart that recognizes all the blessings of being his, of trusting in him, of receiving help in time of need, of being filled with peace when trouble overwhelms us. We give thanks because of His Spirit, not our effort. His Spirit gives us the ability to love, to experience joy, to show patience, kindness, and gentleness to those around us who are struggling. And let's, let's remember that it's God. If you go read those verses in Psalms, I hope you will. Remember that it's God who calls our giving of thanks a sacrifice. It, it's important to him. Important enough that he, he calls it a sac- sacrifice. Genuine thanksgiving is no small thing in the, in the eyes and heart of God. In his eyes, our thanksgiving is not just a response, but a sacrifice. He's worthy of sacrifices that come from the heart. So it should be no small thing to us. We offer thanks sacrifices of thanksgiving because we're so thankful for all that he has done for us because we want to make his name known among the nations as we praise him at Psalm 108 verse 3 on your list and because giving thanks to him binds us closer together as his church that's Psalm 111 verse 1 how beautiful it is when the hearts of God's children and the worth of our Lord match. How, be- be- how beautiful it is when the hearts of God's children and the worth of our Lord match. May we continually offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. The Haverdink family is going to come now and share, lead, lead, lead us in our Advent devotional.
good morning. Uh, I am Michael Haverdink, and this is my wife, Julie. Thomas, our oldest, 13, uh, Allison, 10, and Sarah, she's 7. Um, <clears throat> this morning, on the first Sunday of Advent, we light the prophet's candle to symbolize hope, the hope of Israel centuries ago as they waited for their Messiah to come at his first coming, and the hope that we as believers have as we anticipate his second advent. This is the coming again of Lord Jesus Christ. The prophets remind us that God keeps his promises. Isaiah 9 to the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. In Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Romans fifteen twelve through 13. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will come, even he who arises to rule the Gentiles. In him will the Gentiles hope. May God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Thank you. Let's pray together. Father, we do give you thanks from grateful hearts that recognize you as Almighty God, our Lord and our Savior. Father, we recognize that you are worthy to be praised. Lord, that you are the one who has given us life, and for that we're thankful. Father, that you've given us your spirit to lead us and to guide us, to give us strength, to comfort us, to protect us, and for that we're thankful. Lord, we recognize that apart from you, we are nothing and can do nothing. Lord, we thank you for our families that you've blessed us with. Father, for this church family that you've allowed us to be a part of, and we thank you for that. And Father, also, as we look to the day of our Savior's return, we thank you for the eternal life that you've given us. And Father, we desire to proclaim your name in this city, the places that we go, and in the world that you might be honored and respected, that you would be glorified, that more people would recognize your grace. Father, that you would call more to yourself for your name's sake. 
And Father, we thank you that you're with us even to the end of the age. Lord, we have more to be thankful for as we think of your goodness than we could possibly say. And Father, we are full of joy today, unspeakable joy because of who you are and whose we are. Father, we are yours and we love you and we adore you. In your son's name we pray, amen.